Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty and joining me this evening to talk about the upcoming league finals is former Donegal star Nadine Doherty. So Nadine, after weeks of league football, we are just down to the final. Eight teams left. Two days of quality football to look forward to next weekend as well. Yeah, some great matches. You know, um, so I was looking through the league finalists. In pretty much every division, you have the the top two teams, maybe aside from division yeah. four, but the rest of the divisions, you know, it kind of followed suit as per league table. So um, those teams will be happy enough with that. But yeah, great, great games on the way, and you know, there were great semi finals. So we do have high hopes for um, for great games. I, I don't know if anything will top that Dublin and uh, Cork. Cork game. Yeah. 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 Do we'll start with the Division 4 final. Um, there's a double header in Clonus and Tiernox Park in Clonus, which is great to see, you know, a county ground being given to these uh, ladies. It's an all-Ulster clash between Antrim and Fermanagh, and no disrespect to either county. I don't think many expected these two to be in the final. No, absolutely not. Um, they had both lost to their, um, I suppose, their semi-final mm. position in the group stages. Um, they'd kind of spluttered their way through the Division 4, both teams. You know, Fermanagh took them a while to get going. Um, put in a great performance against them yeah. in the semi-final, yeah. in fairness to them. Um, I think they were down by nine they points at time. stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Emer Smith just kept a cool head in the freeze and she kept tipping away and then you know they got their goal that gave them a bit of life but no fair play some Limerick would definitely be disappointed with that I'd say they went in very very confident mm. of getting a result um, and then Antrim yeah massive shock against Loud um, I would have felt now I know it went extra time but um, you know fair play to them Loud will be absolutely gutted and again Antrim I suppose they looked to the likes of Cathy Carey again and Taggart up front and again you know same as the Fermanagh match Two really good free takers, and it just shows the important at every, importance at every level um, of having a good free taker in your team. Yeah, Fermanagh disappointment last year, Longford relegated them to the junior championship. Junior, yeah. um, Antrim a couple of years ago, you know, Longford found it very hard to shake them off in Division Four, and then in uh, the All Ireland series, Longford came from behind to beat Antrim. Antrim kind of, you know, wavered a little bit, but it's great to see them now back and contesting this final. Yeah, that's it. You know, I know they've kind of been up and down in that yeah. sense, especially with Fermanagh going down, but um, both teams have been knocking around Junior All-Irelands, you know, in the latter stages of the league for a few years. So even though I suppose, you know, people would be surprised if they are in a league final, if you go back through the years, it's not really, you know, it really isn't. And I think Antrim um, getting Sean O'Kane in this year, um, was a big boost for them. He's a really experienced manager. You know, that guy's had roles with Donegal and Tyrone in recent years. So getting him was a big, big coup. And I feel Antrim will really, really push in the championship as well as obviously the league final now on, on Saturday. Yeah, because for these girls, a lot of them, you know, it's their last big game before the championship. Yeah, that's it. And it is, you know, it's great to get to a league yeah. final because, you know, now more than ever, it's a huge event. Um, and it's great preparation for the championship. You know, you can play as many challenge matches as you want, but still being in contention in the league up until now, the end of April, and, you know, playing competitive matches that can only serve well to prepare you for, for the summer. Division three. The final is between Mees and Sligo. Now, we had Sligo captain Jackie Mulligan on the show last week. She was well aware of the challenge that Mead will pose, but I'm sure Sligo now will be quietly confident of going in and causing an upset, though Mead have been terrific in the division and have some exceptional players. But Sligo, they've earned their place in that final. 
Yeah, I, I'd say Sligo be quietly confident. They've kind of, you know, they've worked their way through that that league competition. Um, they'll be keeping quiet. They'll be saying all the right things in the media. But I think they will go in um, seeing themselves as, as favourites for that. You know, me did finish top, as we said before, Sligo second. They are the top two teams. Um, but, I mean, the corresponding fixture earlier in the year, like, that's of no importance. I think me beat Sligo by possibly, I think it was about 10 points. But Sligo won't be looking to that at all because they've just steadily improved as it's gone on. Um, yeah, and I suppose Jackie just spoke of how professional the whole setup has yeah. become in Sligo and across the country. And they lose that as fuel for sure. You know, Meath, I suppose, they'll be looking at themselves in a the sense they're young. They would definitely have set out their aims and their goals at the start of the year. Um, but I'd say they'll be a bit more nervous than Sligo. Um, it'll be a brilliant match. I actually think that will be a fantastic match now on, on Saturday evening. Um, on Sunday then it's a Munster derby between Kerry and Waterford in the Division 2 final Kerry a very good win over Armagh who had gone through the league did only one defeat and Waterford um, coming back in that game against um, Cavan you know scored so many goals in the second half to win that game so they got two very good semi-final wins behind them going into this game yeah and they definitely stand to both teams um, and if I was looking at Kerry you know they made the playoffs on score difference over Clare um, so they just sneaked in there and both teams were slow burners in the group stage but like I'd look at Kerry I mean they really are a Division 1 team they went through a bad spell early in the league last year and that's kind of why they find themselves in Division 2 like they had a really strong run in the championship um, their win against Armagh may have been a surprise to some people because Armagh, I suppose, had such a strong campaign. But, like, Armagh without Caroline O'Hanlon, um, I'd consider them to be quite an average side, yeah. to be honest. Um, I would, you know, Caroline, like, she's the driving force behind them, and I think Kerry exploited that big time in the semi. Um, and Kerry also won the corresponding fixture in the group stages. Um, and, you know, like, Kerry have household names at this stage. They've all-stars, you know, Louise Hurtig yeah. and Sarah Houlihan and Louise Scanlon, girls like that. So I would see them as slight favourites. Um but I mean, Waterford, fair play to them. They've been building as well the last couple of years. I mean, I believe they've, you know, kind of overhauled all their structures down there. Um, and ironic that it was Michelle Ryan who yeah. kind of led the, the research. The old guard, yeah. The last quarter, yeah. And I, I, I know Michelle does a huge amount of work on the county board as well. So I suppose her own structures are coming into fruition on and off the pitch. Um, but I think it'll be a brilliant match. I think Waterford will fight hard. But I think Kerry will just um, nick it. I just think they have more quality and long-term experience, I suppose, at this stage to get over the line. Um, so, yeah, it should be great. should be great. And I suppose, you know, after the disappointment of them being relegated last year, we spoke to Amanda Brosnan earlier this year. And the thing, the main aim for Kerry was to get back to Division 1. Ah, definitely. I mean, women's football in Kerry, I suppose, is probably looked at the same as men's football. Yeah. Like a Kerry team has to be in Division One, and there's there's no ifs or buts about it. So for sure, that would have been their aim. And um, you know, they just as I said, there they just sneak the playoffs. So you know, they they probably find themselves yeah. a little bit fortunate to be in a league final. But they use this as well as a backbone to launch a, a strong monster campaign, which they always do. I mean, Kerry yeah. are always there thereabouts come championship time. And as you said, you know, it's great to see Waterford there because I remember getting when, you know, when I was younger and getting an interest in ladies football, you know, Waterford, Monaghan, they were the leading teams. 
Yeah, God, you look back at that footage um, yeah. from the first finals in Crow Park. And sure, of course, Waterford had Bally McCarbury as well, who won whatever, I don't know, 10 or 15 All-Irelands in a row. I remember going down there when I was about, I think it was about 15, playing in All-Ireland semi-finals in my club, St. Junins. Well, it's like we went back up the road and we learned a good few lessons that day. <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, and Waterford, it was a shame that Waterford went intermediate a few years ago. Yeah. But it's great now that they are back and they've got the yeah. structures right. And they really are in a good place and I think they have a nice balance with girls like Michelle and um, Ryan you know and then they have younger players coming through so it's great to see them back at the top and I suppose we can't really pick out one final but the division one final should be a very good game we have Cork against Galway you know Galway so unlucky last year not to make the final Cork themselves were actually beaten in a semi-final too by me oh I was at that game and it was an absolutely brilliant game of football Cork, you know, they were a bit shaky at the start, but they steadied it and their league form was absolutely terrific. I suppose the best two teams in Division 1 are in the final. Yeah, definitely. You know, I suppose Cork, you could say, stuttered at the start, but when you're missing, you're more happy. Yeah. Too. I mean, that's a massive chunk. And you just saw the influence those girls had when they came back in. Um, and even at that, you know, when Cork were stuttering, they were still competing. You know, they weren't yeah. hammered off the pitch by teams. They were still the Cork. You know, they just have that mentality. They have that Cork ethos that, that you love watching. Um, yeah, Galway have been impressive. Um, they I suppose they, they beat... Uh, You'd say a weakened Donegal side, I suppose, in the semi-final. Yeah. You know, in fairness, Donegal, they battled well. They didn't allow the floodgates to open, because, and they could have. I'd commend them for that, you know. But I suppose there's a bit disappointed with Karen Guthrie, maybe, who's led so well in less important games in the league. She was very quiet, missed a few frees. But Donegal would have had Jerry McLaughlin and Neve Hegarty, Katie Heron back yeah. in the team, who probably weren't fit, you know. Um, so Galway, yeah, they were always going to win that. And, and Cork semi-final performance, you know, we said already, it was yeah. incredible. But um, Dublin, I, I don't know where Dublin are at at the minute. Um, you know, just looking at the match, yeah. They were you would question good. marks about them before you did. Yeah, yeah, I really do. And even watching that match, even though it was an epic match, yeah. I'm just not convinced by them. Like, there were a few things that were bizarre. I mean, Sinead Goldrick going up for the toss. She's not going to be able to lead on the pitch. Why My mix, yeah. I just thought it's so bizarre. I don't know what's going on in Dublin. Um, what I do see missing hugely is Leah Caffrey. Um, I think she's a huge void that hasn't been filled by Kira Ruddy. He's tried all and carrying the full back line, Neve Collins. And I think that loss of Leah could really, really affect them even more um, down the line. Um, and I just think there's players there who I don't know if that Dublin squad has what they had. And, you know, Nicole Owens and Carla Rowe, those girls haven't started firing on all cylinders yet. So the sooner that happens for Dublin, I suppose, the better. But you can't you can't take away from Cork. Like, yeah. they're absolutely brilliant. Probably unfortunate to go to extra time. But it was great to see that in a way because it was back to that, OK, do Cork, do they have that? battle yes. that they've shown us for 15 years and I think they answered with a massive, massive yes. I know it's only April but are we looking at a Cork team that will be there or thereabouts? You know, no disrespect to Galway but you're looking at you know the, the, the overall panel that Cork have now. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I find it very interesting that, you know, I listened to the few interviews after afterwards and Effie Fitzgerald you know he said 
you know, you could hear it in his words that they were delighted with that result. Like yeah. They were really, really going for that. Melissa Duggan also spoke after such passion. You know, she was nearly crying after that Cork really want to be back at the top. Um, and Orla Finn, you know, I always love her honesty in an interview. You know, she was asked, was the result important? to you against Dublin she said absolutely there was no hesitation they wanted yeah. to win and also mentioned that they were still annoyed about losing to Mayo in last year's league semi-final and as you said about their panel yeah. absolutely I mean Darren O'Sullivan didn't feature um, they started without Saoirse Noonan um, without a few other big names there um, so I do think that Cork have that strength and depth and Cotter back in midfield this year she's a massive massive lift for, for, for them I was actually going to say to you, you know, if Galway win next week, would it be a bigger win than, say, if Cork won it? But when you think back to what Cork are saying and that mantra that they have now from a couple of years ago that they wanted to go out and win everything, it's now a case of, you know, Cork are the ones that really want to get this win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and Galway, in fairness to them, they do as well. You know, Tim Ramsey, yeah. their manager, he spoke in his interview about this group being together for three years now. I mean, for me, that says, OK, they've decided as a group it's time to deliver. Yeah. And I think for Galway, it probably is. You know, the whole Galway saga <laughs> kind of reminds me. You remember Cork back in the early 2000s before they had... Finally the got that run, yeah. Yeah, and there was that hype every year because of the underage success and everybody would say, oh, no, Cork this year, Cork this year. And I I think we've kind of been listening to that every second year nearly about Galway. That's what I'm saying. Maybe Galway needs yeah. this win more than Cork do. Um, yeah, I mean, the, it, it, the win wouldn't do either team any harm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Cork, Galway probably do need it more, mm. let's say, for that mentality and yeah. that positivity. Whereas I think Cork, look, if they win, obviously they'd be delighted. If they don't, we'll still see the same Cork come championship. Yeah. I just don't know what kind what Galway team we'll see come championship because you never really know like you look back to the 2017 or 18 and they beat um, Mayo in in a Connacht final where I suppose then the, the wheels fell off the Mayo wagon yeah. but, uh, and then they went off and they got absolutely trounced by Cork, Cork by about yeah. 25 points you know so and even last Galway, year when you look at um, their game against Dublin I really yeah. thought that Galway you know could cause an upset and they disappointed me against Dublin. They do, yeah. I feel they've just disappointed me the last few years. Um, and they did, yeah. And even in the league with Dublin, they beat Dublin, remember, in the group stage. Yeah. And then they lost them in the semi. And then again in the championship, they lost them. So, yeah, I do think with this Galway team, it's probably time they delivered, really, you know, on, so, on some level. if I had to ask you if you got your little magic ball out, um, the winners of each final... Yeah, well, Division 1, I think Cork. Yeah. You know, there's no question. I think they always perform on the big day. Um, in the last, whatever, 15 years, they've only lost a handful of finals or semi-finals, but they've never fallen apart. And I've seen Galway fall apart far too many times, so I can't see, see that happening. Um, I think Kerry and Waterford, as I said, they serve up a brilliant yeah. encounter. I think it'll be free-flowing. There'll be lovely football. Um, but I just think that Kerry experience and probably that Kerry drive, they want to get back there. I think for Waterford, for getting to a final it's probably a bonus for them um, so I think that Kerry drive will get them across the line Mead and Sligo I'm probably going to go against the, the grain here but I'm going to tip Sligo Ooh. I think yeah I do I just you know I wouldn't be surprised mm. if Mead won it but I just think Sligo might creep over the yeah. line if, you know they're big players play like Katie Walsh is a very hard player to yeah. 
she's a top talent. Um, Longford scored three goals against them. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. But me, that me in the last couple of matches. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Longford scored a couple of goals, and yeah. I think the previous few games they conceded a goal. Yeah. So if Sligo get that defence right, which they have been doing, and you stop the runners like Vicky Wall and Emma Duggan, who's yeah. a great player, oh, as we know, player, yeah. and and if they're consistent with their defending and they don't give away frees because we know Stacey Grimes will knock them over from anywhere inside the twenty-five. I just think if Sligo get all that right and they take their chances, I think they could sneak it and take a massive performance from them yeah. but I think they can um, just that experience might shine through Andrew and Fermanagh really tough one to call again the old Ulster Derby and I mean these teams will meet each other yeah. a few more times in this season I think Antrim might sneak that and I put that down to Sean O'Kane might be that wee bit more organised and experienced for a final on the big day and I think his influence on the sideline could nudge Antrim and all those games are going to be live on TG Carter. Um, just to go off ladies football for a second, Sarah Rowe, she has re-signed for Collingwood for the 2020 AFL season. She had a terrific season, like she won their award for the best first year player in 2019. So she's back there again for 2020. Yeah. Yeah, it's great, and she'll be delighted with that. Um, you know, Sarah, she's a fantastic Gaelic footballer. Obviously, yeah. I didn't get to see any of her AFL matches, um, but obviously, you know, she just picked it up quite naturally. And the fact that they're giving her the second-year contract, they see something in her long term. And I mean, Sarah's very young. She is her whole footballing career ever. Yeah. And this will just stand to her in the long term, and um, whether she comes home eventually or or maybe settles there with AFL. And Ailish Considine was re-signed, yeah. McCarthy from Tip, and Yvonne McMonigal as well from Donegal. And isn't it amazing? Yeah, it's amazing, and it's brilliant. And you know, obviously, we we probably see a few more people um, going this year. There was a recruitment drive last year. I'd say they're probably going to do the same this year. Come back in because uh, a lot of players would have dreams about going over to Australia and just chancing their arm. Yeah, I think it's cross-coders who are, yeah. um, I suppose, the, the agency behind that. They're like a scouting agency. Um, and, yeah, oh, look, obviously it would be a lot of young players' dream to, to go to Australia and you could do a bit of travelling and so on. Um, and I suppose it's playing at that high elite level where you are a professional athlete. Um, but it probably comes with its pros and cons. You know, I don't think the girls who go to Australia have a visa whereby they can work even part-time um, so I think that's why you'd find a lot of the girls come back here for the summer um, and you know I suppose you have to look at it as well what kind of player are they looking for because you look at the girls who are there now Yvonne Cora Staunton um, Sarah Rowe Ashley McCarthy and Aish Constant they're all very different Gaelic footballers and mm. um, they're all forwards yeah but like their physique and their style of play yeah, and what they offer to their team, and yeah. What they offer to their team. I think Ashley McCarthy, sorry, might be a defender for Tipperary, but what they offer to the team. So that would definitely give every kind of player in the country a bit of hope of, of going down there. Um, because, you know, I suppose with these things, it was always the forwards who would get picked for things like that. And, you know, they'd be most sought out. So, yeah, definitely it's interesting. Um, with the LGFA, it probably is a bit of a worry. Um, but I look at the LGFA now and they're really flying. I feel they're in a place the best place they've been in a long time and you know if you look back a couple of years ago um, the IRFU were coming along and kind of offering contracts to girls for sevens and it was 
again it was sold as being a professional athlete full time and you were travelling the world and so on and a lot of um, LGFA members went for it but a lot of them came back you know and and rugby probably isn't in a great place now yeah ladies football always stayed solid you know it didn't drop um, and losing those few players um, but losing a lot of club players as well to club rugby um, but ladies football still tried so you know with the AFL it's great for the girls who, who go and it's a fantastic experience but I can't really see it having a huge impact long term on our county teams or even our club teams um, yeah. thankfully yeah because you look at um, obviously the men's game going over to America and it's that short distance over whereas a lot of players are thinking maybe themselves as well it's the journey oh it's the journey and it's been away from your family and yeah. um, possibly your your husband your wife your partner whatever it is it's a long way to travel whereas look going over to New York look it's only a short yeah. you go over you get the money and you come back exactly <laughs> and, and people might come over to you for a week you know or for a long weekend but it is it's a huge huge distance and it's a completely different way of life apparently like I've actually never been to Australia myself but just the way of life it's, mm. it's very different to home so look it's going to be for some people it's not going to be for others but the main thing is it would be a fantastic experience for anybody who, who goes just to be an elite athlete and be in the gym and have your nutritionist and have all of that full time I mean at the county footballer here um, you have that for most of your week but having it day in day out and I suppose just being treated as an individual athlete must be absolutely incredible you know But you mentioned about where the LGFA are at at the moment and doesn't it tell you something about how professional our players are that they are able to go over and mix it with the best over in Australia? Oh, absolutely. It's, um, it's incredible and it just shows what the LGFA have put into our county teams and even our club teams and what our county teams have done. And, uh, you know, hats off to committees and for the managed boards or whatever you have, you know, they're putting up the funds and listening to Jackie Mulligan, you know, talk about Sligo setup. You know, with all due respect to Sligo, they're a, a Division 3 team and they're an intermediate team, but their setup sounds absolutely brilliant. Um, very professional. You look at what Mayo are doing at the minute with their, uh, they have their own gym, they're setting up their own pitch. Our Ma ladies are digging a, you know, a, a new ground yeah. for funds. So yeah, it is hats off to, to the people associated with Ladies Football that they're given a platform to county players to go for these AFL trials, but they're also given a platform to themselves to retain the players. Yes. You know, the players will look at it, well look, we do have these structures here, this is my county, Gaelic football is my number one sport, so maybe I'll actually just stay home and fight it out, especially for your top teams who are challenging for all Ireland's. Um, you know, it's interesting that I'm sure plenty of players from Cork and Dublin uh, you know, your top teams have been offered contracts, yes. but there's no sign of those girls going anywhere. You know, so yeah. Big volumes. I suppose for someone like myself or some, I don't know, you know, if I had been a, a top player, I still kind of, I'm a bit of a homebird. What about yourself? Yeah, I don't know. I suppose it was a different time then when I was playing yeah. football. Um, I did my stint in New York. Well, I, I'd be probably years. asked to carry the water, but bottles or something you know <laughs> I would have been that stage. I did my stint in New York which was very mm. different it was nowhere near being a professional athlete um, and then I came home and I just loved our county setup. I loved club football and then when I moved to Dublin um, Messina had a really professional setup. Um, it just depends where you're at in life I suppose um, I was always very settled in my job settled in Dublin um, to be honest I don't think I, I would have gone um, then so 
yeah, I, I don't think I would have now. It probably wouldn't have appealed to me. Yeah, so you don't have any of those kind of regrets. Say, oh gosh, I wish I, no. Oh, I have plenty now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but not going to us. But yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I suppose in terms of my own intercounty career, I probably regret retiring as early as I did. I was mm. only about 27, um, but I did it because structures just weren't weren't where they were at. Um, it wasn't the right place for me personally at the time. Um, I was going down the road, you know, the four hours every weekend, and I just didn't feel I was getting out what I was putting in. Um, and as I've said before, you know, Nafina was in such a good place, yeah. like playing on a county team. Um, but looking back, you know, not playing county football for probably six, seven years that I should have, probably regret that a little bit, yeah, if I'm being, if I'm being honest. I, I could have done another couple of years. You mentioned over in New York, and I'd say your time over there compared to what it is now, completely different because I know now that setups over there have really changed you know years ago it used to go over play football have a bit of crack where it's, it's really focused now on the football over there oh yeah it was more play a little bit of football and have a huge amount of crack really, <laughs> um, but it was great you know and it was a lovely uh, there was a lovely buzz over there mm. you know there was you know a lovely community um, and the football was good and you got to play with fantastic players like remember playing with brilliant brilliant footballers you had your summer players um, and you'd always be playing with fantastic intercounty footballers but yeah it was so different like we trained a couple of times a week in Van Corland you'd nearly go over to the bar after for a beer you know um, but now it seems they've gotten much much more serious they have brilliant underage structures over there fantastic yeah and that really kicked off I think after the all-star trip the ladies all-star trip went over there a number of years ago mm. and when when the committee were over there they helped put structures in place and there's brilliant people over there you know Rosie O'Reilly would have been a good friend of mine um, and Rosie put huge structures in place for the underage along with an, a, another number of people but in New York they were very lucky facility wise yeah. Um, yeah they were you know you have Tibbetts Park there which is in the middle of Yonkers um, in the middle of the Bronx in Woodlawn and then you'd have Van Cortland and then there's a brilliant facility upstate in Rockland so they always had pictures and come here my friends pictures. uncles are actually heavily involved in the Rockland uh, GA over there the oh, rallies yeah. yeah so they've been oh, brilliant yeah. Yeah. that name rings a bell actually yeah. um, but the big thing with New York too and the reason they're able to have structures and so on it's money yeah. and, that's, and that's what it all comes down to no matter what club team or county team or wherever you are money talks and, and it's great that there are very um, generous business people in New York who sponsor and who donate money um, and I mean you look at Gaelic Park now you know they've really done a brilliant job with that as well Yeah, that will be on show for the, the Mayo match Mayo game. in a couple of weeks yeah you mentioned about the GA over there I have a friend over there and her, both her children play Gaelic football and hurling and her little girl plays camogie but it was absolutely brilliant last year when I went over there and she said the might of a match and the young lad had a match two matches and got to Gaelic Park and see it and sure everyone around she's from Granard and those people from Cavan and Leitrim and it's just it's a fantastic way it's a great social aspect as well over there the GA to get you out there Oh absolutely it is and you know if you ask the people who are out there I'd say at least 50% of them are out there because of Gaelic football or yeah. Berlin or Camogie or whatever it is but there's a lovely family element to it and and to be honest you know New York they really kept their Irish culture they're probably more cultured than we are here in terms of the Irish language yes um, in terms of their Irish dancing their Gaelic games there's a even score 
score exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, you go over to Gaelic Park there any evening and there'll be something on, be it yeah. Irish language classes or dancing or whatever it is. And it is, it's lovely. And it's it's why people stay there so long, I see, um, because they, they don't miss home that much because that whole GA and Irish community is there on their doorstep. And they're very good at looking after each other too. You know, there's often yeah. if, if anything happens to, to somebody, you know, anything unfortunate happens. And that happens, yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely neighbourhood and it is a lovely culture, but it's the sustainability of New York living that's that's the, the tough one. Yes, I've been over there and I've realised I won't be back in New York for another couple yeah, of years. Yeah. As much as I'd like to see my friend Fiona, and no, I'll, I'll leave it for another few years. Thank you so much, Nadine, for the chat. You'll be on next weekend yourself yeah. and Diane, and we look back Perfect. to uh, the league finals and the year so far in ladies football. So until then, slong of all.